0: They really like that Shakira song. There's a (laughs) she-wolf in the closet.
1: There's a (laughs) she-wolf down on Wall Street.
2: Everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the fourth episode of Riverdale Season 5, Purgatorio. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, who, if she were a novel, would definitely be a very sexy one, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you feeling this morning? You know, I
1: identify as cute, not hot, so I don't think I would be a very sexy novel.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I disagree with that statement. Uh,
1: well, no wonder you had a mischievous smirk before we Started recording today, <laughs>
2: and uh, since we are getting together to talk about what could be considered a premiere episode of the show, since it's really technically the actual premiere of season five now, we're going to bring on our other co-host Hannah Elam, who. Oh, hold on! What was I going to say? Hold on, <laughs> I didn't write it down. Hold on! No, no, don't talk! Don't talk! I'm going to think about it. um Hannah Elam, who is oh, I didn't like it as much. Shoot! Okay, well I'll just go with it. Hannah Elam, who would never give anyone any nightmares. She
0: is certainly not the TB. I'm glad that that has been confirmed. I mean, I actually think she might be the TBK. Okay, so question right off the bat. Do we think that the TBK is who picked up Squeaky at the end? Or is that too too jumping in? I don't think Squeaky exists. That's my theory. Oh, wow. Squeaky is not a character. This is not a thing. Okay. This
2: is a red herring (gasps) they threw in at the end of the
0: episode. It's like the killing Mr. Honey.
2: I think Squeaky is just, clearly Jughead is having writer's block and needs to write a story and they want to put him back in the narrator's shoe and he's this is a character he's trying to write about and I that's that's the only bit of Jughead voiceover we got in the episode was the end with Squeaky. I
1: agree with you and I think that's right but I've had enough of freaking Forsyth Pendleton Jones the third or whatever's garbage writing in the Wait, end his of garbage writing or four. his trash
0: bag writing? Well that's to be determined. I <laughs> think that there's potential that this whole the whole four, first four seasons that was all the outcast that was all Jughead head's full writing
1: that's been that's been my theory that the voiceover is Jughead's book yeah but it makes sense but it's also
0: the in between the voiceovers is his book
1: and then because we got a we got a seven-year time jump because of the writer's
0: block here was one of my main I had two main issues in the graduation episode they said they were the class of 2020 but now Mm -hmm. Veronica is saying seven years later that this is 2021
1: so the showrunner has an article about this where basically the gist i got was yeah we fade in, but this is riverdale so anything is possible are you serious so seven <laughs> years have passed but only one year has passed yeah it was a mistake it was obviously just a mistake in the writing that they didn't catch which like you would think when you have all these extra months to prepare because of the pandemic they would maybe catch <laughs> hey 20 plus 7 it's not 21 but in riverdale anything is
0: possible
2: uh.
1: I, I do find it funny that like
2: it would have been a really easy thing to edit around. Yeah.
0: They could have also just said they were the graduating class of 2014. Well, they could have just cut away from her and edited
2: post-dubbed yeah. in her saying it's 2027. OK, I we'll, we'll talk more about that later because we got several questions. But I. it
1: does also give credence to the theory that it's Jughead's book. Maybe we'll see. I, I got there's lots of there's lots like of maybe this is just in a different timeline because it's not actually a sequel to the it's a new book. I, I think it's gonna be. I mean, we'll Jughead's see more next been episode. Been the whole time.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. Someone finally re acknowledges the very real possibility that Jughead is just a ghost. And I'm glad. <laughs> Mary's so mad. Okay, <laughs> anyways, let's talk about this episode of Riverdale. Yeah, we're going to go through this episode. We're going to go
2: through it chronologically the way it was uh, given to us in the show because they broke it up into nice little segments for us for once. So we don't really have to do any of the work ourselves. Love it when they do that. So we're going to start with Archie and I'm going to call this section... I don't know. You gotta Football get. Football day, Jay.
1: I'm going to call it- this section... I don't care about this section. <laughs> well, I mean, I do. Th- like, I actually think that this part was okay. Archie
2: was not getting on my nerves in, in this part nearly as much as I thought he could have. I think we predicted a- quite a lot of sort of what ha- was given to us. The you know preview, who I actually
0: hate the most in the flash forwards? Who? Well, so it's a tie. Uh, actually, no. I think the top is Veronica and then it's Jughead. But they're both pretty, like, terrible. And I didn't care for either of them.
2: Uh, I think I think we need to discuss broadly after we go through these okay. each sort of overall each section. But we'll let let's start with Archie. So Archie has this scene that this was what most of the trailer for this episode was giving us, which was the whole like war scene that's happening in a football field, and, and you were we right. kind of. Yeah, we predicted this, right, that this was going to be some kind of like a uh, dream sequence nightmare kind of thing. So it seems like Archie has been in war in the army. He's a sergeant now, which I did look up army ranks and because I wasn't sure if a corporal was above or below a sergeant, wasn't quite sure on that. So Archie is a sergeant and the the like patch thingy that he has on the side of his uniform does correlate
1: to sergeant. So, you know, they got that right, but they didn't get 20 plus <laughs> 7 correct, but that's uh, fine. Hey, you know what, that sometimes you use all your brain power getting the correct uh, rank signifying badges for the army and you would lose simple math. I think they fully made him a sergeant so that they could say Sarge Arch like a hundred percent. Like that's that's why they chose sergeant because it's like he could have been a master corporal. He could be a master sergeant like he could be other ranks but they chose sergeant so they could call him Sarge and Sarge sounds like Archie. I will die on this hill. I think it needs to be added to the post-it. I I like that this was fairly realistic and in terms of like what he
2: realistically could be doing in the army seven years down the line. Like it was like some of the other people I think were a little bit unrealistic in terms of like where they were at given how many years had passed. But I feel like someone out of high school goes in. He has a knack for like physical combat. I think this kind of works. Like
1: he joins as a private sergeant's like a couple ranks up and it's a good mm-hmm. rank, but it's not like it's not like he's suddenly an officer, which would not make sense, right. especially considering his lack of education. So that's good. I I do wonder based on this like dream sequence, do we think that where the other characters are in this dream sequence matters at all to the actual plot? Like, is there any significance to Jughead being injured in the scene? Is there in, any significance to like Veronica helping Jughead? Reggie dies. Yeah. Are they gonna kill Reggie? Like, do do we like do you do either of you think there's any weight to this sequence being the start of the new timeline mattering at all? So the way that I looked at it was less so of, like, foreshadowing and more
2: so sort of past shadow. I'm trying to think how to describe this. I felt like this was representative of Archie's subconscious relationship with his friends that he, while he hasn't talked to his friends in years, he still feels like he needs to, like Jughead is his best friend. Like, he hasn't seen him in a while, but he still is dreaming like he wants to save him. He's still dreaming like Betty and Veronica and the other important members of his life, you know, Fangs and Sweet Pea and, and and Cheryl are on the sidelines, you know, cheering for him. Oh, Cheryl... Was there. Sher- Cheryl was the enigma in this scene because she was like there, but not really interacting with him except for being a cheerleader. So I, I don't know. I-, I think that it was more indicative of the fact that he's gone into this army life and things have changed, but in the back of his mind, he might still feel like a high school student sometimes because he never really moved past that. Yeah, it
0: seems like three of the four are all dealing with some severe events in their life and some form of PTSD, and the fourth that I am don't think has necessarily can is Jughead. Jughead. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know exactly. I, I don't think that this is foreshadowing. It also took me like two times to recognize that this was supposed to be Jughead. Yeah,
2: it was really hard to tell it was him. I
0: thought it was someone else yeah. at first. And then I was like, oh, no, that well, is Well, Because he wasn't on the sidelines. So then I was like, maybe it is Jughead. But I then I had to turn captions on to see if it said Jughead was saying it. And it didn't. So what do we think about the person who dismisses him saying that he's had seven good years and that he's a really good soldier. People are appreciating him. You know, Archie's trying to play the humble game. But as we know, he gets credit for a lot of things that he doesn't do. So when, when we started off the episode with this. I was like, Oh, come on. Why are you pretending this? I looked
2: at a very similar almost to, I mean, Betty's story was a little bit different, but it seems like Archie has been working hard, but maybe he doesn't know or is not recognizing his own limits. I mean, he's in a hospital bed, so something happened to him where he took a hit somewhere. But we meet this guy, Jackson, I think was his name, Corporal Jackson, who it seems like is someone that Archie commanded. Archie saved this guy's life, but he lost a leg in the process. They have a little bit of banter there, but it seems like Archie Archie's maybe sort of being hard on himself for not being able to save everybody that he's ever worked with. And maybe it's just getting to a point where the officer in charge of him who, who dismisses him back to Riverdale might be, I mean, we need it for the plot, but it also seems like maybe he's like, you need to take some time away because you're not recognizing that you need to like be concerned about your own safety or something.
1: Yeah, it, it seems like they're like, listen, Archie, we're going to take you off the front line for a little while because you've just had like a catastrophic incident. That you were a part of. Um, and that's not necessarily laying any blame on Archie, but it's just saying like, this is not where you need to be right now. And I mean, we all know if Archie does one thing, he tries. And I, I feel like if he's trying, I guess he was succeeding in the in the army. So Archie's gonna go back to Riverdale He's sent back there under the
2: command That he needs to restart the This killed me They literally say that the RROTC program at, Or branch at your school Has been disbanded and you need to restart it You wouldn't say RROTC You would just say ROTC Stop so with now, the extra So now it's
1: the RRROTC <laughs> The first R here
2: yeah. is Riverdale yeah. It's
0: Riverdale Rotzi. What's uh, the but R I thought part? it was Joy. I thought it started with Junior
2: no, that would be a real thing. But in Riverdale, it's the RROTC because they're literally labeling it the Riverdale ROTC.
1: Yeah, and I think that you had also mentioned that being a reason that Archie might be coming back to Riverdale at some point. Yeah, well,
2: I saw in the trailer that it looked like he was wearing an R O T C yeah. shirt at one point. So I said it looks like he might be coming back for that. Most of the things we predicted pretty correctly. So he gets dropped back off as we talked about last episode at the the army centric bus
1: stop in Riverdale Is it supposed to be the same one though? Cuz it looked I don't know. a little different. I don't know if it's that the same road
0: one. looked a little bit more abandoned and there were fields behind them.
1: It was nighttime, Hannah. How are you supposed to tell? Come on. I think in general it was supposed to be the same bus stop, but in
0: practice it looked like it was a different place. Yeah, who knows. <laughs> I would I would think I would be a little more forgiving if they weren't filming those two episodes back to back.
2: There's a big hole in the Riverdale the town with pep sign that ju- that just says riverdale the town with and there's no more there's no more pep it's been blown away what's it the town with holes it's the town with the holes mary would love that
0: <laughs> what oh oh because of the holes you sorry, sorry. Now, the i holes. thought this, oh. what did you
1: think i was saying i don't
2: know i don't know you took that i took that into a completely different place but yes i do love holes <laughs> you're right <sighs>
1: We talked a week ago about how you. This is why this is why the
2: podcast is better on a binge because you probably, like me, forgot what we talked about a week ago unless you listen to these two back to back. And I'm like, why is she talking about holes? I, okay. I'm
0: really thankful though that in your podcast you guys did point out that they said that the class of 2020 because when I watched the graduation episode, I did not catch that fact. So that that was part of what made me so mad about this episode. Yeah. So there exactly. you go.
2: Don't put in details if you don't know how to keep up with them. So Archie's gonna go to Pops, which looks pretty much exactly the same, like on the outside. Compared
1: to how bad Riverdale is in general, Pops is like popping. Except for all of the motorcycles and serpents that are (laughs) taking over Pops. But, uh, okay, so here's the thing. There's a new woman at the bar who
2: we know is Tabitha Tate. She hasn't really been introduced yet in the show, but whatever, she's there. And we noticed that
1: there are adult grown serpents Yeah, it's in been jackets. seven years, Mary. All the kids that were serpents are adults now. No, no, no. These are like these are
2: like 40, 50 something serpents. Like there is a person they pan to who I think, I don't know if this was intentional, at first glance, like looked kind of like FP. I agree. And I think you were supposed to be like, is that FP? No, it's It's not because he's not in the show anymore.
1: I miss him. So
2: Archie goes downstairs to and I literally lost it. I am so happy they brought back the white worm. The fact that they weren't like, oh, we're just going to make a new bar or like rebrand this one. They're like, no, we're bringing back the one that already existed that we completely forgot about
1: after season two. It's the way I laughed so so hysterically when Archie walked down the stairs and it said white more. I laughed so hard because we had had speculated what's going to happen to the speakeasy. And I think you said you wanted it to be like the new Serpent Bar. Remember when
2: Veronica originally built the speakeasy, it was like FP was supposed to work there. He was supposed to be a
1: bartender. And that never happened. And now we have the bar. And FP's gone. It's kind of sad. It is
0: kind of sad. But I love the the fact that this band has Fangs and Sweepy, but I'm kind of sad that <laughs> Kevin's not a part of the band. He's just the group. He cam. needs
2: to pop up like a whack-a-mole. <laughs>
0: This part I was a
2: little bit surprised at. I thought that this was gonna be a scene much later in the season for whatever reason. But so we get this scene where we have this band playing. Who is Sweepy and Fangs? Fangs, who physically looks the most different. Here's what they did to all the characters. Noticeably, all the guys I feel like their faces look thinner. Like even Archie. Maybe they gave them shorter haircuts. Archie or something. has a shorter haircut. Archie definitely has a shorter haircut. The main one is Fangs has freaking long
1: hair and a mustache, and like a little beard thing going on. He looks the most different. Yeah, but that to me, to see someone who is conceivably like twenty four or twenty five, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm growing a facial hair." Like it, it adds up to me that that's what he no, would do. It was like great. I'm sure he's like, it, "I great. look so tough now with my little baby goat facial hair." Yeah, I love it. And it's like they there's a whole song performance with Tony, and she is yeah. so pregnant. And uh, so here's the thing, okay? Tony won't say who the dad is. It's because she's having the baby for Kevin and Fanks. i 100%. I'm more convinced than ever that she's having the baby for Kevin and Fanks and they don't know which one of them is the father because they like... I I think
2: I agree with that. I think that it's definitely like a she doesn't want to spoil who the father is or or anything. And maybe they wanted to keep it under wraps and let people be surprised later. I think that's probably going to be the case. And that's exactly what this show needs, right? More babies that they're not going to handle correctly. wasn't
0: she, based on scenes later, wasn't she already pregnant when she returned? Because she was pregnant when she went to talk to Cheryl for the first time.
2: I watched that scene a couple times to see. They specifically cut it from, like, the shoulders up, so you can't really tell if she's pregnant when she comes in the first time. Okay. The second
0: time she comes in, she's definitely pregnant, but that could have theoretically been a couple months later. Hard to tell. Because we know Polly was probably pregnant for, like, a year, because when she when we first see Polly pregnant, she looks seven months pregnant.
2: Right. So, Kevin is now a serpent, or at least he's wearing a leather jacket. It kind of seems like everybody's a serpent It's like to survive. Yeah. In terms of some other looks throughout this episode, Tony has... Uh, more braids in her hair, I believe, than the last time we saw her. Otherwise, she... And and the fact that she's pregnant. Otherwise, she seems to be pretty much the same. She is now the serpent queen, which... um, She she brought back the serpents. She brought back the serpents.
0: She also gave the
2: serpents jobs. Right. The serpents are now truckers, which is
1: kind of... I mean, it's fine, but it's like, are they a gang or are they not a gang? But you know what you can do when you drive a truck? You can transport drugs right (laughs) maybe that's it only do marijuana
0: though transport it hey
1: things have changed maybe Maybe yeah, it's maybe, more maybe now. Maybe they do more than marijuana. It's a gateway drug, I've heard. Also,
2: almost all of the, besides Archie, what we haven't really seen yet, almost all the other male characters, besides Archie and Kevin, appear to have more tattoos than they did last time. That's like the other thing I noticed. We didn't get a good look at Jugheads yet, but he clearly has a new tattoo on his chest as well. So I'm curious did to know what that one's about that. Does he still have a serpent
1: tattoo? Probably. I, th- I think
2: I saw it in his arm. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe so. But like, I noticed that Fangs and Sweet Pea both have like multiple arm tattoos now that they didn't have before. And
1: that makes sense too, because when Once you get one tattoo, you get addicted to tattoos. Yep. So just just I'm just noticing
2: like little changes that they try to do is cool uh, the, the white worm seems pretty pretty chill I think it seems like a more useful using of that space than the speakeasy was so that's good I think it's funny that Archie goes to talk to Tony instead of like Kevin who he was probably closer to in school But it's fine and they the serpents put all their cash together and bought the place from Hiram So I guess Hiram owned the speakeasy. Did Veronica like sell it back to him? I thought it was wasn't it one of the things where she never really owned it? I mean, that she didn't, but then I thought she, like, at the end of season, I don't know, four, whichever one was the one where she, like, got her dad caught up in that illegal boxing scheme, I thought she kind of, like, got all the property back from him at that point.
1: I think what we pointed out at that time is, did they sign any paperwork? Who owns things? Like, they never really make that clear. But what's confusing to me is it's, like, we were under the impression that Veronica owned Pops and the Speakeasy. She signed Pops back over to Pop Tate, but... Hiram still owned the speakeasy, or did she sign the speakeasy over to Hiram when she moved away? There's just some confusion there. Did it, was it even Hiram's to sell? I, I think my least favorite thing that so far
2: happened between the gap of last episode and this one is why did we bother with any kind of like Hiram retiring nonsense if he's just completely back to where he was when we left off? It, it was like they did, they wanted like Veronica needed to think that Riverdale wasn't gonna be in good hands and not in her father's when she. She left town to go to college but then immediately after she left town she like completely forgot about Riverdale and was like who cares whatever my dad can just destroy well, it it's fine. maybe he
0: only wanted to retire if he could retire with Hermione and so since that wasn't an option he clearly couldn't retire.
2: Yeah probably true. So then they throw a red herring out here that I got excited about for a second because I really did think that like we had predicted this correctly. Tony's like didn't you come back here because of Pop? And Archie's like what happened to Pop? But it turns out that like Pop's just retiring. Yeah this was
0: the other thing that really bothered, bothered me about this episode is that they made us think for 90% of the episode that Pop Tate was dead and then he's just retiring and Archie has to call everyone in and that's why they're all, well, that's half of why they're all returning, but It's
1: so weird too because
0: again, my theory was that Pop Tate was going
1: to be dead and they would all come back due to Pop Tate being dead. And I think that that is a better plot device than him just retiring. They haven't been back in seven years. Six for Jughead. Why do they give a single care about pop tate retiring have they visited have they called have they wrote no so why do they care now i would get it if he was dead but he's retiring
2: there were moments earlier in the show like in season two where pop's was such a big center point to certain people's stories like Jughead really wanted to save Pops Betty wanted to save Pops like there were a lot of things like that but then we kind of forgot about it through season three and four like Pops the, the diner wasn't this centralized place where they were all meeting up all the time anymore and so it, it kind of lost some help there like I do think that bringing them all back to Riverdale because Riverdale has all of a sudden turned into this like horrible place makes sense except they should all be aware of this this should not be a surprise to anyone maybe Archie, if he truly has not had leave in seven years and has never come back, I could understand that. Well,
0: but Mary also doesn't live in Riverdale anymore, so he wouldn't have reason to return there.
2: But I would think that someone would like, like, if I moved away from my hometown, which I did after college, I moved away from my hometown. I still like check in every once. So, like, I I'm aware. If if the town like disappeared
1: off the map and became super corrupt, I probably would be yeah, but aware. Your parents of it. still live there. Mm-hmm. No, if anything happened to Cold Lake, I would have no freaking clue. I haven't been back since 2011. But these
2: are people who for like four years, it seemed like a good portion of their identity was that they lived in and were from Riverdale. You know, I could believe it if they were intentionally like, I suffered trauma there. I don't want to go back. I don't want to think about it. I don't want it. Like that would make sense. But all of these people, Veronica, Betty, Jughead, they all either have friends or family who still live in Riverdale when they left. Even if their parents moved away, Jughead should, even though he hasn't really, should be still friends with Tony and some of the other serpents. He should be keeping like sort of track of what's happening in Riverdale. He was close enough to Pop that he came back, you know, after one year. he it, it just seems surprising that
0: none of them would be aware of what state this fell in. But even Tony didn't return until after college. So she's only been back for three years now.
1: Okay, I have a question though. And it's not like super related to all of this, but it's it's burning me up inside. So before the time jump, Jughead was squatting in Archie Andrews' house. That was up for sale. The electricity got right. cur- turned off, etc, etc. But then Tony takes Archie back to his house and is like, the ghoulies live there now and says it in such a way that it's still technically Archie's home and that they did not buy it. So uh, are the ghoulies now squatting or like, did Archie just never sell his house? He like put it up for sale and no one bought it or like. So I think Mary
2: put it up and he says, my mom has been renting it out. And my guess is his mom was renting it out to people, like reputable people. And then at some point, Riverdale became such a cesspool area that there was vandalism and, and the probably the value of the property dropped so so much that it wasn't even worth selling. And she probably should have just sold it right away when she first moved out. But instead, she's like, uh, whatever, I'll just like keep the property for sentimental reasons, but like hasn't come back. So yeah, they're probably squatting in it. And Archie's clearly unaware that
1: any of this is happening. I happened. can't wait for Archie to run in and friggin beat the crap out of those ghoulies. In the conversation with Tony, it seems like they are properly renting
0: the space. Well,
1: Archie's not going to stand. Archie's going to be the worst landlord and evict them immediately.
0: Okay, but it's not even Archie's house, so he can't do anything. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think it's gonna be a lot of next week's
2: episode from the, the previews I've seen and the in the pictures I've seen it looks like there's gonna be some fighting with the
0: ghoulies wow so Archie we'll fighting with it. the ghoulies so season one
2: I, uh, hey you know it's interesting that the ghoulies still exist I guess tent city is no longer the back of the Andrews house
0: no it's Skid Row now that's in the back of the Andrews house
2: we'll circle back to Riverdale and talk some more about how Riverdale's changed when we get to the next Archie session but first we got to catch up with everyone else so let's start with Betty this one I was kind of wrong about I thought that the silence of the Lambs style flashbacks we were seeing were going to be some kind of just like a nightmare. No, this, she was really held captive by the, okay, so Betty is an FBI trainee and I su- let's assume, they don't mention it at all. Let's assume she went to Yale, went to Yale for four years and has been a trainee for three
1: years here. She must have because the last thing we saw of her was that she was leaving for Yale and then now she's in the FBI. So like, it makes sense to me that she completed Yale. And I don't think she would just be a trainee seven years later. No, I well, and I don't think they would take her into the FBI. FBI without more education. Like, I I don't, like, FBI is not like entry level crime solving, and right? So, yeah, she's like running through the woods, doing obstacles, and then she has her therapy, which is like, if you've watched any amount of like crime procedural dramas, you know that the second someone in law enforcement is in therapy, it's because there's been some kind of incident at work and they need to be cleared medically to go back into the field. Like, that's always the minute I saw her in that room, I was like, okay, she's not not allowed to work right now in the field. And we find out that the trash bag killer kept her in a hole in the basement. She saved someone's life, but they did not catch the killer because she did not wait for backup. And she also didn't save somebody else's life. There was someone named Teresa,
2: um, Teresa, who she wasn't able, who was already dead by the time she got there. It sounds like she was supposed to go in with some kind of backup or unit, and instead she followed her own hunch, did find the killer, but then was, this is the part I'm confused about. They made it it seem like she just rushed in a little bit ahead of them, but then they're like, it took two weeks to get you out of captivity. Why was her backup not there in time to get her mean, I'm
1: assuming that she went in like far ahead of when there was supposed to be backup, and and then when she was taken, maybe was taken to a secondary location that they did not know about because she did not wait, is is my assumption. Because of this, she's not allowed to do field work. So they have her working in the FBI archives, and she is supposed to be doing some boring filing work about cold cases, but instead, she's trying to solve the cold cases, and Betty's got a murder board, once again. <laughs> she has a murder board. She's also clearly still tracking this trash bag killer guy.
2: She's lying to to the therapist about the fact that she's done having nightmares when she's clearly not. And I think that this is obviously a lot more of like a emotional personal reason to try and solve this case rather than just because it's the next one available. She makes a comment about how she caught serial killers when she was in high school and the FBI therapist was like, uh, yeah, sure you did,
1: basically. And I'm like, do they not know that she caught serial killers? I think that they know that she caught serial killers, but I think that there's maybe a lack of understanding on the Ground level of the serial killers that she caught, but also the Black Hood was a really bad. Like most of these serial killers are not very successful, so it's like it's not like she was catching like the best and brightest serial killers, right? Like well, who had, who did Betty actually catch? Betty caught
0: the Black Hood. She figured she out the Sugar Man. Who they also figured out who the killer of Jason was, who wasn't a serial killer, but
2: right. And she technically caught that it was Penelope, but then, like, Penelope, think, Penelope caught herself them. in,
0: maybe. She, they didn't catch Penelope. That's right.
2: That's right. Now, we didn't talk about this very much last time, but I just want to get maybe, Hannah, your thoughts on this. The thing with Charles. Charles was a serial killer. He murdered at least a couple people. At least three that we know of. Did Charles kill anyone else or did he only do the killing in, like, the last two episodes when he was killing David, Joan, and Brett? Did he kill anyone else? Was he, like, it seemed like he sort of became a serial killer right there at the end.
0: I don't know that he took credit for any other murders. But the other thing that's interesting to me is that, okay, to get into the FBI, I would assume you do some type of family backstory or other things. And if they found out that her father had killed multiple people under an identity and was a known serial killer, at least in their town, and that her brother or half-brother had also killed multiple people in in that same town and then went to jail supposedly. Supposedly for these things, you would think that she would not be, (laughs) she would not be able to get into the FBI. But she
1: caught them. I mean I like the thing is is you can't penalize someone for being related to a bad person. Like that I don't think that's fair to Betty to be like, "Yeah, your dad was a murderer, so you're not allowed to join our organization." Like if she's passing the the psych eval and the physical eval and she has the grades and she's getting she's getting into Quantico, I don't think that she should then be penalized cuz it's like, "Listen, you've got all of the skills we need, but your dad's a murderer, so like you're not allowed to" do this like I think they would almost even want that to be like look at this redemption arc like that she could be on ads to join Quantico to be like her dad was a murderer and now she catches murderers like I think that's more of a story that they would even want like it's Mm. not like there's any indication that she's actually a serial killer that would be the problem if she's killing people then they can't let her in that's true so Betty's main
2: change in appearance is that her hair's a little longer do we have any thoughts on if Betty will or will not revert back to the ponytail are we gonna see the ponytail again
0: ponytail playtime my favorite thing about betty's new wardrobe is that she wears her fbi gear like a letterman jacket because it needs to be very clear to everybody that she is in the fbi at all times She
1: sleeps in it. She wears it. It's all she owns. Do you think that though the people doing the design and writing for the show were just like, what? No,
0: what does a FBI agent look like? And they were like, FBI crew neck. (laughs) What's the other option? In case you didn't know, Quantico, Virginia is where the FBI headquarters are. We need to clearly mark all of her gear to make it explicitly clear she's in the FBI.
2: Yep. So Betty has a nightmare that involves the trash bag killer. Who, by the way, this is a horrible name. I mean, like. even if your thing is that you disembowel people and wrap them up in trash bags. What? Like that's a unique signature? That like that's a thing that like lots of serial killers Dexter. do. So probably half the serial killers that I've like seen movies about use trash bags to like dispose of the bo- Anyway, whatever. So she also has a cat now named Toffee. Hey, question. Do we feel like the fact that she named her cat Toffee is a little too close to home to her
1: previous cat Caramel?
0: Ooh. Uh, that cat's
1: gonna die. That cat's gonna die and I can't handle it. I don't think the cat gonna die i think the cat's gonna die i don't trust. okay i know i don't trust glenn talk about glenn i don't (laughs) trust glenn one tiny bit that man is smarmy as hell and he recognizes that betty is like a crime solving genius and he just wants to take credit for her work i know that this is true he does not care about her he's creepy as hell and i
0: hate him Kirsten, stop spoiling things. If you're still a writer with Riverdale, we don't want to know spoilers of season five. I wasn't bothered by Glenn. I hate him. I'm bothered by the fact that he looks like Charles to me. That is like creepy. He does look like Charles. I noticed that instantly. He has a dumb face. Like, Glenn. Is that your biggest complaint about him? He just has a dumb face.
1: Everything about him, his vibe is so creepy. The way he's just lurking as Betty is like trying to solve things. And like, let's face it, if you are in the FBI. And there's an inkling that maybe there's a serial killer that you're just learning about. He's not going to be like, you're not supposed to be doing that, Betty. He's going to be like, let's effing go. Let's solve a murder. He's a creep. I think he's a killer. No, I see,
2: I disagree. I don't think he's a creep. I think he's extremely straight edge and a rule follower and he's whatever. And he seems boring. He looks like Charles. Sounds creepy to me. I, I do think that there is zero chemistry between the two of them. Betty does not even, I mean, she straight up lies to him and says that she can't hang out with him because she has plans and then she has no plans and she's just like watching Animal Planet with her cat and When they food.
1: kiss, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It was, it, it
2: was kind of gross. So she says she has to go back to Riverdale because Archie is calling each and every one of them throughout this. I don't know if this was indicative of the order he calls them in. I th- he calls Betty first, for sure. Does he? Okay. I tried to go back and look at that, but then I got too lazy to look at it so she says that he
0: needs to watch after her cat and that's that she leaves okay veronica so have any of you seen Uncut Gems? No. I watched like the first 15 to 20 minutes. I think Riverdale watched a couple of movies and they decided that they wanted to rip off parts of those plots.
2: They watched Silence of the Lambs. They watched Uncut yes. Gems and they watched something about a writer being sad.
0: Yeah. I mean, that one, who knows? I don't know. So Veronica's
2: in the Upper East Side of New York. Now, Veronica's might actually be my favorite. I said Veronica was
0: my least favorite.
2: Oh, yeah. Hannah said you didn't like. Okay, so she's she's married to this guy named Chadwick, and, of and they've course been celebrating. His
1: name Chad. Of course, his name is Chad. Yeah, he's, he's, a, just, Chad. He's, he's a Chad. He's a Chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so
2: Chad seems to be baby obsessed. He really wants them to start popping out kids. He's like, maybe this will be the year. I'm like, dude, you've been married for one year. Like, chill. But also, they are approximately 23 years old. You have plenty of time to be popping out kids. Wait, is, is that math right? No, they're, no. Seven, they're, they they're 17
1: or 18 before the seven years. So they'd be 24 maybe 20 or, or 25. 25.
2: Okay, so 24 or 25. Sorry, I wrote that wrong. 25 is not unheard of to have kids. You could have kids at
1: 25, but it's not
2: like, hurry up, we got to do it quick. Cool because we're getting old. I don't mind most of this. It seems like... So they had some kind of accident, which they were in a helicopter. We don't know when this happened, but like approximately sometime within the last year, I assume. I think that they had this accident after they were married. But they had an accident in a helicopter where they were going to Martha's Vineyard and then the helicopter went down. They managed to both survive, but it has clearly made Chadwick very nervous about their futures and about her safety and also her level of stress. Whereas Veronica is like an adrenaline junkie and she's like... No, I can handle it. I want to I wanna do this.
1: The vibe I get from Chadwick is that he, it's not even that he necessarily wants a baby. I think he just wants to have power in the relationship and thinks that if Veronica has a baby, she'll then definitely stay home and then he will be the main breadwinner and that he feels that that will give him control. Like that's the vibe that I get from him and maybe I'm wrong.
2: Well, so I think that that like could easily be a thing that they write into the show. I think from what we saw of him in this episode, like if there had been even one, one little hint of like you see him leave the room and you know look back at her creepily or something. But I think he truly just he, he, so far seems to be a good guy who's who's just sort of like no. I, I do think that there's probably a little bit of of jealousy that she was a better worker than him. They were both they were both working on they Wall were
1: Street.
0: What's confusing to me is that the way they first were referring to the accident made it seem like she had such a stressful event at work one day that she had a heart attack at such a young age. And that's why she couldn't go back to working at Wall Street. But if they were both in the similar accident, like we don't know if Veronica's injuries were more severe in some ways, but it's confusing to me because working in a stressful job and having a traumatic accident don't necessarily mean that, oh, now you can't go back to that stressful job when the stressful job- Wasn't the cause of the accident? That's what was sure. confusing. So uh,
2: yeah, no, I, I could totally believe, and, and Hermione is gonna say like maybe he was intimidated by you and the fact that you outperformed him at work. And so I, I agree with that. I'm not I'm not gonna go so far to say like he wants her to have a baby so that she's stuck at home or something because there she wouldn't she would not necessarily have to be. You know you can you can have a baby and work. And there's lots of there's lots of things there. And I just didn't see like a a very sinister side from him yet. Maybe. Be a little bit of like he's an alpha wants to
1: be an alpha but to me
0: Veronica definitely seems the more sinister one in this relationship for sure and so she, Chadwick thinks that she's working at Lacey's with Katie Keene although in the captions they spell it with an I E instead of a Y so need to get on that caption right yeah, now
1: how dare the captions be wrong And um, but she's not working there she's working at this like sketchy jewelry store so
2: based on the full episode my impression of this and I could be wrong. It's a place called Gilmore Gems and Jewels. It's the kind of place where you have to buzz in your clients and that you're clearly like not just open the public. There's a like a horse race on in the background that's very loud that she's watching all these like TV monitors like maybe at any point people could bust down the door and and, uh, try to shut down the operation. From what I could tell I have a hunch that this is like a place Veronica has invented or somehow taken over and almost all if not all of the things that she's selling are her own jewelry that she is getting. That's what I interpreted this as.
1: I mean, and that is definitely possible. That's definitely possible. I think that having, like, the horse race on the TV indicates that there may be some level of illegal gambling or, like, other illegal yes. activity involved, because um, I think that's, like, the cheapest way that a show could indicate to us that it's not completely um, legitimate. We know that
2: Veronica has experience with illegal entrepreneurial activities. Illegal
1: gambling nights. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> illegal gambling family nights at the casino she she likes this kind of operation she likes the high energy here the the clients that seem to come in she seems to know them all by name and most of the things she's giving them appear to be like makeup gifts for them either i don't know if it's like infidelity or they just are in tumultuous relationships but she's always like oh so and so did kathy like the whatever you need to give her this next time or i don't know you gotta have those good relationships to have returning clients it's definitely like a yeah it's Definitely like the kind of place where you know the proprietor. So and it seems very fast-paced. There's a lot of like noise in the background, which is the horse race, which I think made it seem I had to watch this scene twice to figure out exactly what was happening here when she was like buzzing people in.
0: Well, and it it was confusing because at first we think that she's at Lacey's, but then it you do see the Gilmore sign. So we don't really know quite what's going on until she has the phone call and we find out that she's been lying to Chad.
2: The part that seems a little confusing here is it seems like they have this argument where he he didn't know where she worked, but then she goes back to work there later, so does he now know where she works? Is he cool with it? Or is she
1: still lying? The it's, way it's hard that to tell. he screams at her of, oh, I looked like an idiot. I don't even know where my wife works. I was like, shut up. Go like, take a Xanax and go to bed. Like, I've okay, had enough. you off. say that, but if you were married to someone and you find out that you've been married to them for
2: a year and they don't work at the place that you thought they did, and, but okay, the timeline is very confusing because they've only been married for a year. So unless the accident was several years ago before they were married, within a year, they were working on Wall Street, had an accident. She managed to recover, which I assume had lots of injuries, and then started a new job. So maybe she's only been working there for like a month. We don't know. Okay.
1: I think that they obviously, they finished college. It took like four years or whatever. And then in the last three years, I think they met, did she go to work? college? Yes, she did. I think she did. I think she went in, new- in um, that to school Bernard? in New York. Yeah, to Barnard. Yeah, Barnard. Barnard. And so then I think... I think that they met working on the floor on Wall Street together. That's where they met. And so I think there's more time of doing that before the actual marriage and stuff. But also, Riverdale has now set the precedent where one year can pass, but also seven years have passed. So maybe more years have actually passed for, like, Veronica and Chadwick than have passed for somebody else, because they've now set the precedent that nothing makes sense. This is a theory I can get behind. No, I'm not getting behind any time loop. Here's the answer to the question. The writers
2: dang messed up and they said the wrong year. Honestly, That's what the happened. writers
1: should have made a murder wall to make sense of the show.
0: <laughs> murder board. Murder, murder board. board. You would think if they had so many in the show that they would also be making one for the show. They have to get their inspiration you somewhere. You know, some of these things gotta be happening in real life slash they're just watching too many movies to get their ideas from, you know? Yeah. So, they were clearly also watching Wolf of Wall Street veronica (laughs) says
2: she-wolf of wall street no fewer than like four times she wants to
1: be the she-wolf of wall street and to that i say where are the recreational drugs where's the fun where's the fun veronica i would say why can't you just be the wolf no she's the
0: she-wolf specifying maybe because it's a trademarked phrase it's like the thing where they're like
1: oh a female doctor (laughs) she's like i'm the she-wolf of wall
0: street (laughs) They really like that Shakira song. There's a (laughs) she-wolf in the closet. Okay. Okay. Right. So let's let's move on to the next section.
2: (laughs) All right. So the next section that I have labeled as, holy crap,
0: Hermione's here. Oh, Oh, man. Her tagline it was perfect.
1: One shot. She takes it one shot. She does like the turn and then she says her one line and then they're like, oh, Hermione. And it's like, oh, this makes sense. She's been on the show for seven years because she could do everything in one take because she knows exactly
2: so what they want. So is that want. like is, I, I assumed that was like her intro yes. pack, like the
1: thing that's at the beginning. Okay. Yes.
0: It's it's in the theme song and some, and then sometimes they show their families
1: too. The only Real Housewives thing that I think needs to be on the record right now is that um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is new this year and one one of the housewives is married to their step grandpa. It what basically the grandma died and said, One of my girls will take care of you, and then the children took that to mean one of them's gonna marry their step grandfather, and so that happened. And that's one of the housewives on the show, yeah. This is that's too much for me. So, Hermione, I do you think right here,
2: over under is she gonna be in one more episode? So, over under 0.5? Like, well, I guess what I'm saying is, I, I think we saw her here. Do you think? this is the last time we see her is she gonna be Is she? did she change her mind and has decided to be on the show quite a bit or do you think we'll just see like maybe her once or twice more I think
1: that if the over under is set at .5 I will take the over because I think that they probably just like had one day where they shot like a bunch of just like wrap up stuff with her because she had to come back to close out the time before the time jump I, I think we'll see her again but like it'll be just like little snippets but I don't think we're gonna get any kind of major plot no, with her we're not gonna have like her die or anything. It's just gonna be she sort of slowly
2: yeah.
0: fades out from the show. Okay. I think it's gonna be under. I think this is the last time we're gonna see her because I mean maybe there's a phone call with her, but we don't even get her side of the phone call because now that Veronica's back in Riverdale, I don't know that Hermione would want to go back and visit Riverdale.
2: It was like they sent Hermione to New York to be like, okay, we're done with her. And then they're like, oh crap, we also sent Veronica to New York. So we need to make right. <laughs> we have need to have another goodbye That's between fair. the two of them now that they're in the same That's place. That's fair. Yeah, so she seems to be doing well on the housewife and everything that's cool she gives that speech to veronica where she tells her that chadwick might just be a little bit intimidated blah 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 chad kind of apologizes gives her some flowers he gives her a glamour egg which veronica immediately sells which is pretty funny when she
1: sees it you can see that something inside veronica like dies a little bit because i think that getting the glamour egg makes chad seem more like her dad because that's something that he would do i interpreted this yeah at first i was like oh
2: this is bringing back memories of her dad and then i was like or is it supposed to show that she's like ooh calculating like I could probably get money for uh, like it's it doesn't seem like she's really doing this job necessarily for money or anything she just likes the high stakes operation and she probably likes the fact that like I mean in my opinion if Chad's like now you can start collecting these he's gonna notice if she doesn't like where they go probably
0: yeah when you guys were talking about that she may have started this herself one of my theories is that I wonder if her first piece that she sold where was the pearls that her dad gave her in the last episode do
1: we think that's a good point but why do you think she kept held on to them for 7 years. But my theory is that she wanted that place to be secret. I think she's trying to amass funds so that she can leave Chadwick.
0: It's only been a year.
2: So
1: yeah, guess what people
2: break up all the time. So when they have a very passionate kiss before she leaves and I swear it's like more realistic and passionate than anything she ever had with Archie. I'm not saying Chadwick is like the best guy, but like I'm just saying I don't think that they're going to be in a quick quick rush. To to get rid of him, like I could see a lot of these other characters we met in this episode. We met a lot of new ones. I think Glenn is probably going to disappear before we like. I think Chadwick's going to be sticking no, around
0: for a little while. We
1: can only hope that Glenn disappears. So worse. You just
0: say Glenn's the TBK. Yeah. That would be funny. Okay. I mean, we know it's not me, so it's got to be someone. By
1: the way,
2: Veronica, out of all of them, looks the most the same. She doesn't seem to have changed appearance. I mean, she didn't need to. She came from New York. She went back to New York. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't do any major hair transformations or anything.
1: Okay. Let's talk about Jughead. I would also just like to point out that I think a big part of it is that he needs to be wearing a hat. He's a hat guy. And if he's not in a hat, he looks all wrong. When he took the hat off in the other episode, his face just looks different yeah, without that, the hat Yeah, and that's now. that's exactly what I'm saying. Like his face, he just looks like wrong without the hat. I, I don't know. I'm so it's used weird. to seeing him in the hat. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's not normal. Have you ever seen me without this hat? Jughead is in
0: Alphabet City, New York. His apartment is super gross. He finally gave away the laptop that Brett had clearly bugged and he has returned to writing on a typewriter
2: yeah I can't tell if this is the same typewriter Betty gave him long time ago or not Ooh, maybe probably not Pro- it's probably, probably, probably not. Not. And,
1: and so okay the thing is is it's like Mary's like oh Chuck's apartment is super gross I didn't clock it as anything particular it's like it's a New York apartment what do you expect it's not the
2: apartment no no it's not the apartment it's gross it's the fact that they pan over it and there's just like a layer of trash on the floor and on every surface tell me why I didn't even pay any attention to that okay I that that was the part I'm like everything else seems to check out like oh you got lots of books you've got like a like if it was just like a messy desk that'd be one thing but there's like the floor has you know it's just like bottles and pizza boxes and wrappers gross. and it just looked gross okay fair so he's dating this woman named jess who like jumping ahead she's gonna break up with him and move out within the next five minutes so it like does not yeah, matter we don't
0: care
1: about her she
2: also she's dead i to think us.
0: that in high school he started to get not great relationship habits by hiding things from the person he was in a relationship with being okay with growing distance and so He's definitely hasn't learned to be a better boyfriend or companion since then. And so I think it's good she left him. Because even his pub or his agent was saying that it's a toxic relationship. But I think it's Jugheads who's the toxic.
2: Mm hmm. Me too. From everything I saw, she seemed to be wanting to talk to him.
1: He blew her off. He left the house. I love it when she's like, you'd rather talk to your agent than me? And I'm like, okay, like the dramatics cut the dramatics. But we don't know. Maybe this is t- trying to show that like she's tried to break through his walls mm-hmm. and talk to
2: him like a lot recently. And he's like, just ignores her. I just don't really understand why he's dating this person. I just don't think it fits Jughead's personality. Like Jughead was not a person that we saw in the show who was he's like loner. very romantically interested in lots of people. People. he was basically like just about Betty and it was like it's not that I want to date someone it's that I want to date Betty but
1: here's the thing we did see that Jughead likes to have a lot of sex so maybe it wasn't about <laughs> that being with true. Betty it was about having lots of sex I
2: don't think that's true but I do think that since Betty he's probably like still needs that outlet he has this publisher company is Scribner's is this a close but no cigar I feel like it probably is but I couldn't so I out so I think it
1: if it is it's for is it for a publish if it's for a publishing company I did some Google search And I couldn't figure it out. But I guess if it was for like a writer's agent, maybe that's possible.
0: It's going to be one of those Charles Chickens things.
1: Oh, Scribner Books is a section of Simon and Schuster Publishing. It's just a literal company. Oh, so it like
2: is a real thing. it's just a real company. Okay, well, there we go. So Sam Pansky, his agent tells him that they're like thinking about pulling their funding because they gave him some money to write another book and he's having writer's block and hasn't made a whole lot of progress it sounds like. His first book which was called The Outcasts is Riverdale fan fiction. That's about Jughead and Betty. The Vice Papers and the Homecoming queen, which is like this, literally is a fan fiction that I've read. It's called the Serpent and His Prom Queen, and it's. I know you've
1: brought it up before, and I brought it up multiple times. It's a really good fan fiction. It was, no, I tried reading. No, I tried reading it, and it was not a good fan fiction. I
2: disagree. He's also like having some serious money issues. He has an eviction notice on the door,
1: and there's like debt collectors who keep coming. I for think after he him. took a loan from loan sharks because if he took a legitimate loan, they're not banging on his door like that. So
2: yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to be a plot that will follow us to Riverdale, is my, my assumption. That the whole Jughead needs to write this book and debt collector thing. I don't think this is the last we're hearing about this. Yeah. So there's this woman named Cora Carter. Hannah, you want to talk
0: about Cora? I mean, she meets him at a bar. She kind of stalks him and purposefully, I don't know what she was looking for when she went up to him at the bar, but he brings her back to his place. And then the next morning, she gives him her novel. And then she blackmails him because he makes her answer the door to the debt collectors. Yeah,
2: she she really escalates quickly from like, oh, I'm a big fan. Your book is really sexy. And then he's like, hey, my girlfriend just left. Let's bang. They bang. And then she's like, oh, I'm a big fan of you. I, actually, OK, I am a big fan of you. But really, I just want to get an in with your agent. So can you like read my book and then give it to your agent?
1: Yeah. And sh- so it's like she followed him with the express idea of sleeping with him and giving him him her novel which is interesting it's very troubling to me i did not care for that do you think we're gonna see her again god i hope not
2: I mean, he has to read the book by the end of the week. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna, I feel like we need to tie up some of these threads. So I think we will. He seems to be the most out of all of them. Betty, we don't, except for the fact that she doesn't seem that interested in Glenn. We don't seem to see her like thinking or talking about Jughead at all. Veronica's relationship clearly has some pitfalls. Jughead is the one who seems to be most like still hung up on the relationship thing just by the fact that he wrote a book only within like the last year or two. So it's been several years since he's seen Betty and he wrote this book about her. Her, basically. Yeah, but is this not the
1: book that he's
0: been writing for- since high school? I want no, I don't think so.
1: No, I, I want to so. ask: Do people think has Betty either a already read this book or b is going to read it at some point this season, and it spurs them getting back together? I don't
2: know if she's read it, but I bet she's aware that. I mean, if it was like a huge hit and it's in stores and stuff, I'm sure she saw it. Maybe she skimmed through it, or maybe she bought it but didn't want to read it because it would, you know, bring back too many memories. I don't. By know. the end
0: of this season, she'll have read it to me is that he so he is published as Forsyth Pendleton Jones. I don't know if he has the third in there or not. But then he still goes says my friends call me Jughead. So he's really holding on to this Jughead name.
1: It's the choice between Forsyth Pendleton and Jughead. It's all bad. Yeah, it's all bad. I guess he could be FP now. That would have been cool if he was like, yo, yeah, I'm FP. I wonder if
2: he actually does have friends who call him Jughead now or if he, like, said that out of habit because he's still in his mind is, like, back in high school where his friends called him Jughead. I don't know. It, it, you know, he's the one who, again, I feel like should know about Riverdale because he should be keeping in contact with Fangs and Sweet Pea and Tony and stuff. Like, we never actually saw him
0: give up the the serpent mantle, but he must have done that at some point. I think I can see where like he's the one who's held on to the past the most other than not being in Riverdale
2: there's even like a small moment where they make a point to have the Cora walk out wearing an s right. shirt of his I don't believe that in in the scenes we saw of him in New York I don't think we saw him wearing an s shirt so he's either like hidden them down deep in his drawer and she like got one and he just has them for sentimental value or it was more like oh the only girl who's worn that is Betty something I feel like there's something that was like a they, they made a point to have like a moment there with him being a little bit like oh where'd you get that
0: shirt yeah so how normal is that to like go into someone's drawers and take Yeah, that's out. that's
1: what I caught on as, like, that was the weirdest part, that she went into his drawer to take a shirt, and he's like, that's not the shirt I was wearing last night. Like, what? I feel like it would have been way more normal if she just, like, picks up, like, his, like, button down from the night before and puts that on.
2: Or or if he, like, gave her right. shirt, like, woke up and then said, here, here's a shirt. Like, that would be more normal. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he's going to get a call from Archie, and then we go back to the worm. We're <laughs> back to the... No,
1: no. What? No, please continue. Nothing.
2: What <laughs> I there I, I don't I was gonna in my head that was a Hamilton lyric, but it wasn't. It just but it in my never mind. After okay.
1: the war, he went back to the worm. Back
2: to the worm. <laughs> After the war, that's that's oh, what was in my head. I'm like, that's kind of good. Like, you no. said Hamilton, yeah. and I knew instantly what you were thinking. Anyway, so Archie is chilling with the Serpent Crew. We catch up with some other people to see where they're at. Riverdale Social Services shut down, so Tony started working as a guidance counselor at the high school. Kevin is the drama teacher there. He got his BA at Carnegie Mellon. He continued to date Fangs because he went to the University of Pittsburgh. Unclear what Fangs graduated with. He graduated. Right, but he graduated. Him and Sweet Pea are now truckers. The three of them being Kevin, Fangs, and Tony all live together. Don't know where Sweet Pea lives. Faven is still a thing. They stayed together and it's cute. I really
1: liked that Kevin specifically brought up like, yeah, they let me be the drama teacher, even though every play I managed had somebody die. <laughs> I just want to say here at this
2: point, we're about to see how rough Riverdale looks. So Riverdale doesn't have a fire department anymore, but it does have the nece- necessity to have a drama class. And I'm not downgrade, like drama is important. I'm all for the arts, but like this town needs to get its priorities straight because like you don't have a fire department.
1: I don't think that the administration of the high school is responsible for making town funding decisions based on the fire department. I think the, pr- the problem here is that the fire department got burned down and the state like the governor didn't say hey this town needs a new fire department like it doesn't make any sense to me Riverdale, for whatever reason, is like completely
2: on its own, cut off from the rest of the world. For, for some, some reason, and Hiram has complete control of it. it. It makes no sense. So, is he still the mayor, Hiram?
1: Probably like the like king. he's like
2: the owner of this whatever. Okay, so Archie's gonna ask about Cheryl. Where we get a flashback to Tony, who tries to talk to Cheryl after getting back from college. I don't know why she waited four years to talk to Cheryl. That seems weird. Thornhill is being renovated. Cheryl is painting. She's taken up painting, and she Cheryl's really weird in this scene. She talks. Super odd. She's like, oh, Antoinette. uh, I, I'm I'm just going to paint here. She doesn't even like turn around to look at her. She appears to be a little bit odd. Nana Blossom still kicking it. Seven How years is away. she Couldn't still believe. alive?
1: I, I was talking in my Discord with someone the other day and I was like, literally, how's this Faven still alive? She was on death's doorstep at the season one. Yeah, it makes no sense. So
2: we get another flashback of Tony checking in again a couple months later. Hiram and his right hand Reggie are trying to buy Cheryl's maple Grove. So Cheryl's like, I'm going to paint Tony. She paints Tony and Tony is like, don't you want to know where I am? Cheryl has been keeping tabs. She knows everything about Tony's life over the past couple years, it sounds like. But she has decided to stay shut away in her mansion. She talks about the Winchester house, which I've actually heard of and knew that story. Had either of you known the story of the Winchester house? I feel
1: like I've heard of it. But when she said it, it was more like, oh yeah, I think I've heard of it. It was not like, oh, I know what that is. For anyone interested, look up on YouTube
2: like tours of the Winchester house uh, it's pretty interesting it, basically what she said there there was a woman who sort of thought that there were ghosts in the house and thought that she was being haunted by evil spirits so she needed to confuse them by continuing to rebuild the house so the house was constantly being rebuilt there were things like staircases that would lead up to ceilings with like no door there would be doors that would open and go nowhere or doors that would be in the floor and would be like trap doors that would make you you know fall down there would be staircases with little teeny tiny steps and staircases with huge steps da- like all just very bizarre kind of um, architecturally. And she literally had the house being rebuilt until Rather she Rather than
1: confusing the ghosts, why not just move?
2: Well, and I don't think that Cheryl is like constantly rebuilding the house like that, but I do think that she feels like she needs to stay shut away from society. She's clearly been cooped up by herself for too long. Tony, interestingly, is like, hey, your plan worked. My family's chill with you now. We can date again. Which also adds even more credence to the idea that the baby is completely unassociated with Tony. Tony and um, not gonna be affecting her relationship. It's Kevin and Fang's baby. Yeah, it's probably Kevin and Fang's mate. So that's probably true. Tony sits there for twelve hours, gets the painting, which is now in the white mm-hmm. worm. This one better have I cameras got it, in literally, it.
1: Literally, that was my first thought because it pans from the p- painting being in the white worm to being back at Thornhill with um, Cheryl and her her nana. And uh, my first thought, like, because Nana Blossom is like hoo hoo like evil laughter, and I was like, oh, is there? a camera, but then it's just that Cheryl has perfectly duplicated her own work because now she's going to be a counterfeit painter. Is that what she was doing? I mean, like, that's yeah. clearly
2: what Nana Blossom wanted her to do. But I was like, I took it to mean that Tony wanted or that Cheryl wanted to keep the portrait as well as give it to Tony. So she wanted to have one That herself. is
1: definitely where it comes from. But the way they make it seem is that she painted that from memory, exactly copying the old one, not that like she did too. And so it's supposed to be like literally exactly the same. And then Nana Blossom's like, okay, but could you do like a Monet or whatever? I think she says Rembrandt. I, th- say, I sure. wanted yeah. to say Rembrandt, but then I was like, I don't think she said Rembrandt. So so
0: what's confusing to me is that Tony was going to be a social worker. What was her degree in? Was it, was it psychology? I'm assuming social work. I think it was psychology and social work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what they said. It's interesting to me, though, that she, so when we see Cheryl in this scene with Nana Rose, it seems like she is very broken inside and she has definitely shut down portions of her. And so it's interesting that Tony doesn't make more of an effort to try to break through, especially considering what she studied, I mean, if that makes sense. It's
1: not her responsibility to like, cure Cheryl. And also when she literally brings up like, we could be together now and Cheryl shuts her down, there's probably some hurt feelings as well. So it's not like she's going to look more closely at the situation.
2: Yeah, I definitely think it's hard when someone is like sending you away to stand your ground. We've only, we've actually seen one scene in Riverdale where they do a good job of not walking away, which is when Archie tries to dismiss Veronica after his dad's accident and uh, she's like, no, I'm not leaving. We're going to work this out together. And that that's like a reverse on the normal trope. The normal trope is like people just walk away and they don't talk. So I do think that Like you would you would like to think that she would be able to say, oh, my gosh, like Cheryl needs help. I need to stay here. I need to break through to her. But also, why have you not contacted her in the last four years?
0: But so that's where I think time trips are so hard. Because it's just easier to not have the people interact over that time and that you don't have to catch them up on any things that happened between... It makes more logical sense to say that some of these people, some of
2: them, even not all of them, but if some of them, if Veronica and Betty sent the occasional message to each other or caught up once or twice, you know, at some point while they were in college or like it would make more sense if that happened, but they make it seem like basically everyone cut complete ties right. with the exception of Sweet Pea and Fangs and Tony and Kevin who did stay in some contact or at least got back together more recently. I mean, Kevin and Fangs like had a completely normal college experience, it seems like. So good for them. Okay, so now we're going to have the Tony gives Archie a tour around town. His gym is a mess, even though he put up uh, like an iron gate around it or something. Um, The Fire stations burned down. Town's funding is completely controlled by Hiram. The sheriff's department is down to just Kevin. No, no. Sheriff Keller. I
1: mean, Kevin's dad, (laughs) Sheriff Keller. (laughs) Hey, he has had a job for seven years are you not satisfied i am very satisfied also where's mary mccoy
0: or old um, mccoy
1: i think that that's related to the katie keen stuff because so katie keen was five years past riverdale so two years before this time jump Mm -hmm. and mary mccoy definitely was in the show for a brief period but i don't know like where she was coming from or or anything i do think that there's an indication that she's no longer in riverdale Okay So Mayor McCoy married Mr. Right. Keller And I have no clue What happened after that I think that. they divorced Okay But I don't really know I think if someone watched Olive, Katie Keene They would have more insight But I don't remember it
2: This is why Riverdale's hard Because like If a couple years from now Someone this on a binge Like other shows There'd be a lot of plot holes Where you're just like Wait what happened to this person Like you, you made a point To have them be together And now they're just gone So at first I was like Why are people still sticking around If the town is so lawless And then Tony answered that Immediately by saying Basically anybody who had the money to move away did. They're living in Sodale. The only people who are poor or too proud to move on are still here. There's rabid dogs. Isn't Sodale where, isn't that where the jail is? Okay, so let's, let's talk about this. Sodale, I believe, is just a rebranded name of
1: the South Side. It's literally South, Sodale is South Riverdale. But like, it's literally what the Southside Serpents are named after. Yeah, it's like I used to work in a building called Soto that was just south of downtown. And then there's like a South Park thing where there's Soda Sopa. Like it's, it's a thing. So basically Riverdale and South Riverdale have just flipped. That's all that's happened. Hiram gentrified the absolute living hell out of South Riverdale. But what doesn't make sense to me is that if you are gentrifying a community, people don't want to live next to a prison. That's what doesn't make sense to me.
2: Well, but the part that's confusing to me is Hiram came into a town that was, by all means, sort of... Your typical kind of like upper middle class, small town Riverdale, right? Hiram moves there and he says, first, I'm going to put a lot of effort into trashing the south side even more. I'm going to pay off the south side serpents to trash the south side to lower the budget so I can buy it all up. Then what I'm going to do is take all of those people, put them in Riverdale so that they slowly start to chip away at Riverdale. We're going to we're going to move the south side serpents and, and their families out of the trailer park. We're going to put them in Riverdale. They're going to go to Riverdale High. I'm going to turn that whole area into gentrified housing and for-profit prison, and then I'm going to just lower the value of Riverdale and bring up Sodale. Why did he just flip? Why didn't he just come there and say, like, he just all he did was move people from one place and move people from the other. Like, why not just stay there and make Riverdale better and Southside worse? Like, if that was your because goal. Because he
1: makes more money this way. So he pushes down the property values of South Riverdale so that he can purchase it at rock bottom pricing and then escalate those prices to a massive extent to make more profit. And then by re- then degrading the other part of Riverdale, he pushes those prices down. People are leaving there because it's too scary or whatever. They're going to pay more money for the gentrified. And now he's made so much money, he can now just buy the other part of Riverdale. And if he wants to gentrify that too, he could to make even more profit. It's a profit maximizing thing. The Southside Serpents should just be called the Riverdale Serpents Well, but you don't just change
2: the name of your gang. Well, I think Pops is technically on the Southside. Or it's in the center. It's confusing because I'm assuming that we might see some people who used to live in Riverdale who now live in Southside. Maybe like for example, Alice Cooper. We'll find out later. But you would think that those people would just move away. That like the people who are now who are moving into Hiram's new Southside are not the people who left Riverdale because you would just move farther.
1: Yeah. But I don't know. It they maybe still want to be in that region. Yeah, as we mentioned before, the ghoulies
2: have moved into RG's house. Also, Stonewell Prep is either in or very close to Southside or Sodale. This is fake. Because that's where all the kids are gonna go.
1: Jughead was a train ride away, but I guess it is a boarding school. But you can't just have all the kids go to a
0: boarding school Why in one area.
1: Cause I'm sure that they require public schools. Maybe the public
0: school is Riverdale High. We know that they're cut off from everything. So laws just don't apply in Riverdale.
2: It's a Wild West. All right. They go back to Pops. I love that Pop and Pops is still doing well somehow. Pop just is like, oh, hey, Archie. Nice to see you again. And all your fr- I, I expected him to be like, wow, things have changed around here. But he doesn't really make any kind of like he seems to be living in his own bubble who doesn't realize that Riverdale has like gone to pieces around him.
1: I mean, he's about to retire. He's done. True. He doesn't care.
2: Okay. So the gag is all back in town. So Tony is now part of the main crew, which is nice. I just don't like that we completely seem to forget that she started as being Jughead's friend. Yeah.
1: And like, we, they seem to have no relationship. That's the part that bugs me. Exactly. And they they just never explored those group dynamics in a way that made sense. And so it's really unsatisfying no matter what they do here. Even though it's, exci- it's exciting to have her as like a main character now. And I'm really, really stoked to see how they explore that and what she's going to really be doing. It's just the way they have to set it up is not going to be satisfying because they didn't do it right from the start.
0: Right. Well, and if you think back, the only, in the past couple seasons, the only connection that we have with Tony is in conjunction with Cheryl now. And so because Cheryl has decided to completely separate herself from everybody else, if she was not part of this group, then there would be no chance that she was going to be seen as much.
2: I also like this because complaint that I've had about other shows in the past has been like, you'll have small characters who are always there throughout the whole run of the show, but like approximately halfway through the show in a season, they'll feel like they need to spice things up. So they'll throw in some new characters. And I'm always like, why didn't you just make the characters who've always been there a little bigger? And so I like that we're adding new characters, but we're also just bringing up the ones that we've had from the start. Hopefully people like Fangs and Sweet Pea and Kevin don't disappear for episodes at a time. It
0: did feel like most of the new characters from their past seven years life, though, were more temporary, especially Jessica, who we saw for five minutes.
2: Right. I think the ones we're going to see stick around the most are probably going to be Chadwick. Potentially, we'll see more Cora. Potentially, we'll see more Glenn. Maybe Sam. Maybe Sam. And I think that we might see Jackson again at some point. I think they set these characters up to be like, if I need to use them for side plots, because why else would we have a whole scene with Corporal Jackson if he's never being shown It was so funny
0: to me, too, when Archie handed him his address, because I'm like, well, his mom sold his house, so how does he know where he's staying in Riverdale but then he just is staying at his boxing gym which of course he is. Why? I I was like why didn't he just hand that over to Sheriff Keller but I guess Sheriff Keller has his sheriff job now.
2: So then the end of the episode gets a little bit confusing and ambiguous and this is where we can kind of go into hypothesizing. What happens is Jughead starts voiceovering. We see a woman with blonde hair named Lynette Fields aka Squeaky who is maybe used to work at Pops. She's peacing out and Tabitha Tate is like no don't leave and she's like I'm Done with Riverdale. I gotta get out of here. So she hitchhikes away, and a big creepy truck looking thing comes down the road that has like a skeleton, like a Halloween decoration skeleton kind of thing on the front. Do we think
1: they also watched the movie Ghost World and it's like the that bus? Look, I don't think that (laughs) this is a thing. Like I I am a hundred percent convinced this is not a subplot.
2: This is just Jughead writing a story, and we're gonna find out pretty quickly in the next one. Like
1: maybe it'll be a couple episodes of this random. one thing that makes me think that that maybe is not the case is that at the end of last week's episode Jughead specifically mentions that a mystery is what brought them all back so unless there's some sort of mysterious reason why Pop is retiring then this maybe has to be like the new mystery that they're gonna solve because there is gonna be a mystery. What he
2: says is that they were all brought back to town for another crisis, another murder, another mystery or maybe I don't know if he says murder but he says another he first says that they come back for another crisis. I think the crisis is the town has gone to shambles. I think that's the real reason Archie called everyone back. Yeah, Archie says the town is dying. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they all came back under the guise of Pop Tate's retiring. I think it would have made more sense if he said like, Pop Tate's retiring, but also the town is like, y- y'all need to help. It's a little silly that any of these people who have like much more important things going on in their lives with their own careers and traumas and marriages and whatnot would just come back to Riverdale for a extended period of time and try to fix the town. Like, you would think that they would need to wrap things up in their old life or maybe inform some of their relationships. Mm,
1: It's fine. They can do it over the phone. Well, we know that they're all really bad at keeping up with people over the phone. Yeah, but they answer when they get a call, so.
0: I found it interesting that I think we at least see Betty's caller D and Jughead's, and Betty has Archie as just his first name, and then Jughead has him as Archie Andrews. So, I did like that small detail. First name versus full name. I didn't
2: like like that Jughead's ringtone was like the old timey. Oh, I didn't. I didn't sound. Listen to oh my gosh, that was ridiculous. Okay, so what did we like? Did we like any of this? I-, I was not mad at at Veronica's place in life. That seemed fine. Betty's, I thought, was like relatively okay. I actually thought Archie's was pretty good. I think Jughead's was the most where I was kind of like I don't know the whole like plight of the author having writer's block and like he was he was this huge promised talent coming out of college, but then and he wrote a hit book, but then. He hasn't been able to churn out anything since. It just seems like he's kind of
1: got like the most sort of sad life. I think that with the time jump, it's almost like this is a new show. So to me, this is like the pilot of a show. And I don't. I try not to judge anything about the pilot. So I feel like it's going to take a couple episodes to really get into it and gauge how I feel about it moving forward.
2: We got a lot of flashbacks into what some of these people have been doing in the last few months or years, but we did not get any flashbacks of why they have not communicated, which I think is what we're probably going to hopefully get next episode. We'll have little scenes with maybe a quick one with Archie and Jughead or Jughead and Betty like just little scenes of being like hey I just want to apologize for why I didn't talk to you I've had a lot going on it's something I, I would like if they don't mention hey why didn't any of you guys meet up six years ago or something like it's going to be kind of uh even more unrealistic
0: I think overall, I enjoyed this episode because we got to have the separation and it felt like it went very quickly when I was watching it. My favorite part was probably the introduction of the white worm. Like that whole part, I was super excited. And so I think the people who stayed in Riverdale or who had stuck around in some way, they're the ones I'm most excited to hear from and see about. I think probably my favorite past life was probably Betty. Everyone else, I was just like, eh, lackluster about. But Betty seemed the most interesting to me. Yeah,
2: and hers is one of the ones that I want to learn more about what she was doing. What did we dislike the most? I think I hate the Cheryl stuff the most. I don't like the Cheryl stuff. I think that that seems pretty unrealistic. I mean, I think that they tried to, this might be a stretch. It kind of to me feels a little bit like the ending of Game of Thrones, where a character seems like they're like, oh, shoot, we need to get her in this very, very different place and mindset and personality than we left her off with. So, like in the very, in the previous episode, in episode three, they really quickly we're like we need to try and find a way to start making her seem sad and shutting in on herself and like all of a sudden she has no fire and she's trying to just be like oh I'm doomed to a life of unhappiness. I think that is realistic if she truly has been locked up in a house for like going on seven years. That would make sense that she was shut in on herself but I don't think that that like jives super well with the personality she had over the past several seasons. We need the background
1: information. Like we're not going to know un- unless we get that. Maybe Nana Block has been like slipping her something. Well, Nana Blossom seems strong. Is Nana Blossom stealing her youth to stay alive? Maybe Thornhill was also like the one scene in *Chili Adventures of Sabrina* that took place in Riverdale was like at Thornhill. So it's like a magic. I do place. like that Thornhill's
0: back. It was too confusing to have Thistle House. That's right. So glad Thornhill's the Dowager back. House. Hope there's still a pool. Plus, there was probably too much death in Thistle House by the time that they were leaving. I feel like Thornhill's a good fresh start. Definitely good fresh start. Didn't hear anything about Penelope, so I'm going to assume that she is in prison, we don't know.
2: We'll find out. Now, I've seen several things online, not really necessarily among our fans, but I've seen several posts of like people saying things like, oh, I'm so used to them being in high school and studying and going to dances. And now it feels like such a different show with separate what stories. And I'm What show like, have
0: you been watching?
2: They haven't been in school doing that kind of stuff. Like school was a very, very loose setting for Riverdale. Most of what we saw over the last two seasons was them on their own plot lines, separate from each other doing murder mystery stuff. So I felt like this was actually much smoother of a transition than I was expecting it to be. I found all of their plots to be pretty interesting and go and like Hannah said, go by very quickly, which uh, was good.
1: I'll, I'm sure that I'll be meaner about it within a couple of episodes, but other than like a few men that I just I- implicitly do not trust, it's fine. Like, it's fine. There, there's a lot of people I don't trust. You say men, but I also don't trust Cora well, at all. Cora so. is a, an admitted stalker. So yeah, I don't trust her either. Love that she admitted to it so fast. I want to learn more about Tabitha. I'm interested to
0: know more about her. Me
2: too. And I think we'll probably get more Do you more think she has like a episode. mysterious backstory? Well, she's connected to Squeaky if Squeaky's real. We'll find out. So we have some thoughts and questions from listeners. Brianna said, obviously this episode is the biggest fever dream of them all, but if we know one sad fact about Riverdale, I think it's clearly that Sheriff Keller is not a good sheriff. Yeah, he's not. It can't all be his well, fault. Well, he, he doesn't
1: appear to be stopping any
2: kind we of crime. We can't all
1: define ourselves by how good we are at our jobs. And he was unemployed for so long. He doesn't center success in that
0: way, okay? It's fine. Let him live. I think if he doesn't have deputies anymore, like, there's no way one person can out whatever. You know what blew my mind? Is they were like, oh, Riverdale's just a town of lawlessness. And I was like, but it wasn't lawless when you literally had a leader of a gang being the sheriff? He was what? a
1: leader of crime and a leader of crime solving!
2: <laughs> he could do it all! FP might have been the best combatant to Hiram that we had in law enforcement. So, Bradley mentions the first point we brought up, which is, why would they make it abundantly clear that they graduated in 2020 and then skip seven years and give veronica a line about it being twenty twenty one. they stupid they they messed up they i i don't think that they intentionally i think that they got used to setting the show in current time and then just forgot to change the date zev says thoughts they've been teens too long and i can't take them seriously as adults other than tony and archie
0: prism will do that Wait, who was in prison? Oh, Archie was in prison. <laughs> Archie. I was
2: like, Tony wasn't in prison. With the exception of Archie still having that very childlike, we can save Riverdale kind of attitude, but that's always what he's been like. I do feel like he seems the most transformed by his time over the last seven, seven years. Like, Veronica basically seems to have the pretty much the same personality. Jughead and Betty kind of seem to have fallen into the personalities they were developing. Archie seems to be a lot more, like, stoic. I feel like I can, be- I can believe his age. Mm. I think it's it seems impractical that Veronica would have done as much as she apparently has done and accomplished over the past couple of years, but also she had three businesses in high school, so.
1: Yeah, that's true. She likes a hectic, like, very busy professional life.
0: Yeah, but she also does, like, the social aspect, so it is interesting that we don't hear, like, the only person she interacts with in New York is her husband and her mom.
1: And Katie. Yeah, I
2: I think it's interesting that with the exception of Katie, we don't really hear about any friends that anyone has. They all have romantic relationships, but like especially Betty doesn't seem to have any other companions besides Toffee. Maybe it was just too
0: hard to get people for one episode. I don't know. But that cat also didn't look like a Toffee.
1: (laughs) Oh my, what did it look like? What would you name it? It was like a gray and white cat. Like I'm like, if you're going to name a cat Toffee, it should be like light brown or orange. You can name a cat anything. It doesn't matter. That's the most, this is the one. All this criticism you've ever had for the show you're upset about the name of the cat i'm not Who upset cares? about it i just
2: i just think it's like they they concentrate a lot on like let's make her name her cat like very similar to our previous cat but we're just gonna slap any old cat in there that doesn't even look like it belongs to that name maybe cats are hard to come by in toronto
1: they're not in toronto at all why did you say I toronto? that's where they filmed
0: vancouver oh sorry <laughs> we already know that all of us are bad at geography it's just why are we talking about Toronto? <laughs> okay,
2: Zev says, "Yay, Pop is just retiring." Question: Is Squeaky just why did you get a Wait, look at what? that truck? <laughs> Can you read that? One he one says, time? "Squeaky, Squeaky, just why did you get a look at that truck? Like, why would you get into that truck if it's
0: it, it so mill? Where
1: else is she supposed to get into you a vehicle? The buses don't come anymore except the
0: army bus." So the other interesting thing is that you would think she would be comfortable with the serpents and the serpents are supposed to be the ones driving the diesel trucks. But Tony specifically said that they don't drive at night. So Squeaky just doesn't seem like she has the best plan. She seems a little dumb.
1: Because why is she leaving in the middle of the night also? Wouldn't you go to bed and then like wake up and get a fresh start on your day?
0: No, that makes way too much sense. We can't have that in Riverdale. Which also, you know, leads to maybe this is Jughead's writing.
2: Zoe so says, the show makes more sense if, as in the episode title, Riverdale's people are all just in purgatory. As much as I hate the over that overused theory for things, the show is too absurd for me to not mention it. That kind of fits with like the multiple timeline idea that this could just be taking place. Not multiple timeline, but like that any, any people could be doing things for any period of time now that they messed up the seven-year jump and that a year could last, however, that people are just stuck in Riverdale. Except we know some people got out. So. It's like
1: Palm Springs or some people are in the time loop and some aren't i don't think that this show is like
2: supernatural in that way i just think that they named the show purgatorio because they thought it'd be fun tom palmer says how do you rank where all the major characters ended up the core four plus choni kevin and reggie so like we talked we talked about it but i I guess i'm just wondering instead of ranking them just pick one like if you had to have the life that one of these people did
0: who would you choose
2: jughead he lives in new york and i don't want to be married to chad hannah
0: I said Kevin. It felt the most normal. I, I, I was. I would also
2: say Kevin. I feel like Kevin. Maybe even
1: Tony. Tony's life seems pretty I would, good. If I'm going to be one of these I people, mean, I'm going to er, live in New York City, and I'm not marrying Chadwick, so I'm going to be Jughead. What if you could don't choose really Hermione? I not have any desire
0: to live in New York City. I feel like you I would be a great role. We're real talking life. about.
1: I thought we were talking about the core
0: four, oh, that's right. and then said y'all the core chose I'm Kevin. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So uh, no, he said he said Kevin. the core
2: four plus Choni, Kevin, and Reggie.
1: Definitely not Reggie. Okay, Who's okay well I'm not allowed to pick Hermione based on that. I know. I know be on reality tv (laughs) live in new york and be the star obviously i'd be hermione if
0: i could but that was not an option provided i know i know i but that's like that's just where my mind is like oh duh all
2: right uh tom says true or false the riverdale writers have no idea who the father of tony's baby is no i I think it's gonna gonna be it's gonna be Kang slash do we think we're ever gonna find out yes yeah i think we'll find out very soon 100 percent Aaron says, overall, WTF, more specifically, so all of this is going to somehow lead to Bughead catching the TBK and getting back together, which will cure Jughead's writer block, right? Are we really going to do that? Do we think Betty's going to catch the TBK? Does the TBK have anything to do with Riverdale? I think the TBK has nothing to do with Riverdale unless it follows her there. I think that
1: in theory, the TBK has nothing to do with Riverdale, but also if Squeaky is a real person who died, the paperbag killer is the one who killed her and then Bughead is going to catch him. You know, it did look like a trash truck, kind of. To answer that question, I do feel like they will be trying to get
2: Bughead back together at some point. I don't want it. The previews keep showing somebody who looks like they might have blonde hair in a shower. And I don't know, like, in a shower, probably with another person accompanied by another person. So it's hard to tell if that's going to be Betty or who are the other blonde Squeaky. people we know? Cora or Squeaky? Oh, could be I one hope of them. Cora
1: dies. What? I, don't I hope like Cora. she gets I really murdered don't. by the paperback killer.
2: Here's the thing the paperback You what? know
1: what I mean. I <laughs>
2: I paused my screen when they show Jughead reading the first page of her novel to see if it was going to be any good. And I read it and it was very boring. It was like four friends. It was the hottest day of the summer yet. They're all sitting around. At first, I was like, ooh, is this going to be like some kind of like allegory where she's like writing about like Jughead and Archie and Veron? No, but it was just like, and then she goes through and names each of them. She's like, first there was Kyle and then there was Dabney or I'm making up, I don't know what their names were. Delaney, I think. I don't know. There were like four people and it just seemed boring. So I kind of skipped through that. Nick Snow says this episode should literally just be called Close But No Cigar. Haha, ha. Hilarious. Gregory McBean says as a big fan of One Tree Hill, I'm curious how you would compare the time jumps. Which one did you like best? I like the One Tree Hill time jump a little bit better based on just that single episode because we, we at least know that some of them tried to contact each other during the time period of five years and that that makes more sense that they would not just completely forget about each other for seven years and never contact each other. But I will reserve judgment for the next couple episodes. Which characters' lives have improved since the time jump, which have gotten worse. Most people's appear to have gotten worse, except for Fangs and Kevin, who seem like pretty, pretty good. Tony's life seems about the same. I mean, her life wasn't like super, super great to begin with. She lost her relationship, but she has a cool job. So I don't Again, know.
1: I think that we don't have enough of a sense of their lives yet to assess. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then we got a statement question from someone on Instagram who would like to remain anonymous because, you know, not all of us want to be outed as Riverdale fans. Important question for Kowski cast Is Pop P taking over the shop now that Pop is retiring? Now, I assume that they mean Lil No, no little they ta- mean you. Tabitha and not me, but this brings up a good point, which is that we need to find out what Hannah's Riverdale name is. We,
0: we really don't need to.
2: Would you say that your name is Hannah V.exe, which means that it starts with an H and ends with an E? Yeah. So
0: H, you are Baby Sweet. Baby Sweet! <laughs> Baby Sweet <laughs> You know I'm okay with baby this Sweet is pretty good Being I, I, I will say that I don't remember If this was part of your podcast But growing up I always wanted to be Baby Spice So mm. Wanted to throw that out there We did talk about Spice yeah. Girls recently So
2: Baby Sweet I think is probably The best one so far It's better than Gerald Tallboy <laughs> uh, uh Brown Excuse
1: me No that's a perfect name But I do like that Hannah now can it's go too I am it's Baby It's got too much in
2: And then of course Pop P sucks And is a horrible name <laughs> Unless you say
0: like papi <laughs> okay
2: uh, so that's that's most things uh did anyone have the effort to look up purgatorio no i didn't that's no, your man, job. this is your job <sighs> why is it all my job <laughs> this is your podcast all right. Purgatorio. Second part of Dante's Divine Comedy, following the Inferno and preceding the Paradiso. Do we, Anything else about Purgatorio? Nothing else on that. We had several new characters, Jackson, Glenn, Tabitha Tate, Chadwick, Jess, Sam Penske, Cora Carter, and potentially Lynette slash Squeaky. Those were really the new characters. Did you look into each of them? I lo- briefly Googled them. I did not see any strong Archie Comics connections. If anyone else found any, let me know.
1: Who is the most normal person? Maybe Tony? No. What? She's running in gangs, singing at the club. No. That's normal
0: for... Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot. We can't say what's normal for them.
1: I don't know. I mean, most normal. Here's the thing that I want to ding
2: on any of the people who currently live in Riverdale. While their lives seem okay, you moved back to Riverdale. You should never have done that. So I don't really think that any of the people who currently live there... I don't think we can give it to
1: Pop. Pop was only in it for like five seconds. It can't be Pop.
2: Yeah, I think we probably need to really give it to the core... four to six people. Like, I don't want to be giving it to Hermione. She was barely in it.
1: Here's what I would like to do. I'd like to give it to Kevin and Fangs together.
2: But I don't think that's normal. They had a normal life, but then they decided to move back to Riverdale. people
1: move back to their small towns all the time.
2: But not a small town that is literally under siege. No
1: town would be under siege. I think we cannot consider the martial law of Riverdale when we are discussing who's the most normal character, because in that context, none of them are normal. Does it make you feel any worse about this decision? By the fact that Kevin and Fangs won last week.
0: It makes me feel great. What about Sweet Pea? Sweet Pea just never left.
1: He didn't say anything. He if, didn't even speak this episode. If Sweet had said one single word, I would have been on board.
0: He said, I held down the fort. Yeah, okay, that's...
1: Yeah, Sweet Pea. <laughs> sweet Pea.
2: Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea. Can we talk again about how... Here's what I really wanted them to change. They should not have gotten rid of Brett. Brett should have been there. I wanted to see Brett and Betty get rid of Glenn. Brett's there. If... Brett him and, and Betty, Betty started dating. FBI
1: dating each other, that would have been the best. That's what I'm Brett saying. They should have done that. They the should have killed Donna we and Joe Why did we
2: not kill Donna? Are we seeing Donna again? Because they made a point to show Donna but not kill her.
1: We'd better. We'd friggin' better.
2: All right. We're giving it to Kevin and Banks because I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> this is, this was the episode. Overall, I would give it, like, in terms of all Riverdale episodes, it's probably only like a five out of ten. But in terms of, like, time jump potential, I- I'd give it probably I don't know, like a seven and a half out of ten. Like, it was fine. I, I thought it was pretty good. It w- It didn't blow me away, but it didn't, like, make me very angry either. Yeah, So could
1: be better, could be worse.
2: Like, little nitpicks, but nothing super. I'm going to be mad if there's no camera in that portrait. If
1: we never get a camera in a portrait, I'll be furious.
2: They have made a point to keep keep putting portraits in this frickin' building.
1: There better be mean. a camera
2: in the I Tony feel like portrait. Cheryl's less
0: likely to put a camera in. Well, maybe. No, not. Cheryl's gonna want to
1: spy on Tony because she's in love with her.
0: She's gonna want to spy on Tony. Yeah. She also did have that stalker moment with Josie, so I
1: don't remember that, and I would like to move Who
2: past hasn't it. had a stalker moment though in this show? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, everyone. That that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for episode five. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform. You can follow Kirsten everywhere at Kirsten said what, and you can follow Hannah on Instagram. Instagram at hannav.exe. You can check out all of the various things that everyone's doing, most notably the Bojack Horse Pod Podcast by Kirsten and Lindsay Wilson, and also Kirsten and myself Twitch streaming. You can find those Twitch streams from our Twitters or by going to twitch.tv slash our usernames, Kirsten said what or Frail Mary.
1: I don't love myself enough to take time for myself. Um, This week is the premiere of the new t- season of Temptation Island, and I'm going to be breaking down the premiere with Rob Sister Nino and Maggie Morgan over on RHAP. And then I'm um, doing weekly coverage with Maggie Morgan, because again, I hate myself. And it's going to be so much fun, Um, and people should check that out too. And
2: Maggie is hilarious as well, so that's a that's another great great thing to check out. Plus, Temptation Island sounds it's ridiculous. Isn't a
1: dream? So. A dream.
2: It's what we all need right now. Feel free to check out any of the other podcasts going on at KowskiCast, and uh, let us know if you have anything that we should talk about in the future. If you have comments or questions on the episode as you watch, drop those at our Twitters, or DM us on Twitter or Instagram if you want to. I'll look both places. And make sure you get those reviews in on iTunes. We had a couple at the beginning of the season, but we're just in a constant state of wanting to read reviews. We need
1: your validation in the form of five-star reviews. Please! And if for some reason
2: you're like, Mary, I gave a review and you never read it, then it must be from a country that I have not been able to find or it must not have shown up. So just send it to me. DM it to me. DM me the review and I will hunted down, just like Betty hunting down the TBK. Okay.
1: Oh wait, the t- wait, wait, wait! TBK is a close but no cigar to the BTK killer, and I need to say <sighs> that before we finish the episode. Oh shoot! The BTK, Who's the BTK, killer, BTK killer, killer was a murderer in Kansas, and it stands for Bind, Torture, Kill because that's how he killed his victims. And I think they just chose Trash Bag Killer because the acronym is a close but no cigar to BTK. Anyway, sorry. I meant to, I meant to Thank say so that, and much. then I, I forgot.
2: This is um the first close. but a cigar we've had in a long time hannah's hannah's doing dead. an open mouth scream
0: that is shocking
2: that was really really getting that in here right and i hated time. that they so. had the
0: acronym but now it makes so much sense
2: yeah i actually the thing i like about the acronym is that if we're gonna call it by the acronym on the show it means that i can don't have to write out the whole <laughs> thing so this is great
0: all right everyone
1: that's all until next time bye he's creepy as hell and i hate him
2: You know, it did look like a trash truck, kind of.
1: Ooh. I didn't get that. (laughs) (laughs) What? Sorry, Siri didn't get that. Can you try again? That's gold. I'm going to put that at the end of the episode. (laughs)